What's happening, everybody? Welcome back into the Mac and Read Podcast 2022 edition here on the Barroom Network, our new home. It's been a while since Ross and I have done one of these. Uh, we've been doing it a long time as the Mac and Read Show, the Mac and Read Podcast. We were just talking about how we've known each other for several years and, and started getting into this a, a while back, and time certainly flies, and we're thrilled to be a part of the Barroom Network. We're do, still doing a podcast, and then we're also doing a live show. So we'll be on live on the Barroom Network every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. We'll beginning, we will be beginning April 6th. That's our debut show. Uh, thank you to Aldo for helping us out and everybody at the Barroom uh, Network. And, and we're thrilled to be working with these guys. It's a great platform for us, and you can still find all of their programming and our programming on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and you can see our faces on YouTube finally, Ross. Remember to follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac and follow Ross at Ross Reed. What's up, my dude? What's up? I can't believe we're doing this again. We're back. It's been since I feel like quarantine at least since we did this. So you got a baby now? That's nuts. I, I got, got a, a baby. Five year old. Yeah. Um, but it's great to be back. Shout out to Aldo, who we've known for a long time, for reaching out to us and giving us this opportunity. And uh, shout out to a couple dads who are going to get excited to talk some Bears, some Bulls, some Cubs, White Sox, some hip-hop, movies, music. We're, we're ready to do it, man. I'm excited to be back. If you haven't heard us before, we sprayed all fields like Ross just do. mentioned. And now, you know, we're, we're both older and, and wiser and have children. So we'll also go on rants about how, you know, this this younger generation soft. I'm just kidding. We won't do that. But but <laughs> we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be Clint Eastwood and, and Grand Torino sometimes. I will be. <laughs> and we're pumped to talk about everything. So, you know, to begin, we know that, you know, the barroom's big bears presence and and we're super excited to, you know, talk to, to people, scouts around the league and, and talk to many people already who uh, are around the Bears and around the NFL and get some insight because, you know, we're getting into that time where free agency is in full swing uh, and the Bears have done a lot in the offseason. If you have missed it, it's been quite the turnaround from the days of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. You know, the Ryan Poles era has begun. It's off to a, a pretty good start, in my opinion. All of this is obviously you take with a grain of salt because he's coming in fresh, and you're going to lose guys, you're going to add guys, and, and you don't know until that first game, really, until they hit the, the field, what it's going to be like. And, you know, Ryan Poles was able to assemble a pretty good coaching staff around him, and, and certainly now he's, you know, he's got a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. You get a great opportunity to build around him. You address the offensive line. You've already added a couple good pieces. You, you know, you're still swinging for, for the fences with some bigger free agents that you missed out on. Uh, we'll see about wide receiver. Ross will give you his take on that very soon here. All of the skill position players, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the, the guys like Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields, like I mentioned, Cole Komet, and then you still got David Montgomery in the backfield. On the defensive side, it's going to be completely different looking without Khalil Mack now that he's gone to the Chargers. Bilal Nichols gone. That whole interior defensive line certainly looking different without 
Akeem Hicks too if he doesn't get re-signed and Eddie Goldman as well. Guys like that who really hadn't played a lot in the first place, but then you got the captain of the defense in Roquan Smith. You got Eddie Jackson who you hope can can earn that contract money and then you add some some guys across the defense who you need depth obviously in this league because it's next man up for sure. But the whole new faces of the coaching staff you're you're excited for, but certainly the jury's still out on, on Matt Eberflus. Uh, something about D coordinators, D coordinators with the Bears seems to lead to some success. I'll say that, and he certainly had some success with the Colts. And you wonder what Luke Getzey brings to the table, calling the plays for the offense. I imagine he will take a lot of credit or blame for the development of Justin Fields, and then he. Uh, as far as Eberflus goes, he picked Alan Williams to take over the defense. So completely different, and you see a change of culture here. Uh, Ross, you got to be excited for a departure from Matt Nagy and the Ryan Pace years, though, correct? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, listen, we I think we all, you know, had high hopes for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. It started off very well. Matt Nagy is the coach of the year. The Bears go to the playoffs. They become, you know, they come within a kick away from advancing to the second round. And, you know, you thought back then when you acquired Khalil Mack and you had a guy like, you know, young Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson making plays. And, you know, you really thought that Mitchell Trubisky was the was the number one quarterback for this team long term. And it just didn't work out that way. And for whatever reason, you can blame the quarterback, you can blame the GM, you can blame the head coach. That's fine. But you know, we have to fast forward now and turn a page. And I think the mistakes that Nagy and specifically Ryan Pace made was, you know, he really put the Bears in salary cap hell. And he put the Bears in salary cap hell to not really acquire uh, a lot of uh, talent, you know, in the short term and most importantly in the long term. And that Bears roster got really old quick. The injuries started to mount up and then the salary caps started to really uh, hit and the void years started to kick in and, when you draft a guy like Justin Fields, you have to, you know, acknowledge that you're you're pressing the reset button. And uh, you know, I think that with the fact that Pace was and Nagy were not able to find success last year with you know Justin Fields, then those two guys had to go. And now I think you're seeing Ryan Poles take a very um, conservative approach with the roster. I think he realizes and recognizes that free agency is not a uh, is not a is not a quick fix solution. It should be used as a tool to really build the back end of your roster, um, at least for right now, while the Bears really aren't, you know, a, a team that's competing for a Super Bowl. He's going to try and find his next future stars to go with Justin Field via the draft. That's what the wide receivers, guys like Christian Watson, uh, uh, Christian Watson out there from, from Boise State, the young man Pickens from Georgia, as a lot of people are, are, are really high on as well. Those are the kind of guys that you're going to look at to kind of match with Justin Fields going forward. It, it's not going to come via free agency right now. The Bears just aren't in that window. Maybe next year, as they have a whole lot of money and cap space and stuff like that. But I think we have to acknowledge that this is a rebuilding season, and um, you know, hopefully they can find some true gems in the draft. Yeah, that's the hope. That's where a lot of teams have to start. Certainly, you know, look at those Super Bowl champions trading away their their picks and getting a guy like Matt Stafford, who was that quarterback apparently that they needed. I, I guess the only credit you give to a guy like Matt Nagy and to the organization last year was this: the schedule was pretty tough last year, and and every year it's going to be like that. Certainly, NFC North is competitive too. When you got to go through Aaron Rodgers. Uh, two times a year, it's very tough. And then you lost that first game to the eventual champs. It's funny they played 
both teams in the Super Bowl right off uh, the back end there and, and got a win against yeah. the Bengals. So it's funny, mm-hmm. last two years, one against the Bengals last year who went into the Super Bowl and then Tampa the year before, we know, went on to win the Super Bowl. And Ross, yeah. you and I were in the, in the stadium for, for the Buccaneers game when, we, when they got thumped and you thought, oh, well, this is a good send-off for Tom Brady, throwing his 600th touchdown pass <laughs> and all. And, and sure enough, Little the guy... Flip-flopped, and we'll talk about our, you know, Ross will be fanboying out and cheering for Julian Edelman yeah. to to sign a one-year contract with the, with the Buccaneers. But like you said, Ross, I think they're starting off pretty strong in free agency. You know, a guy like Dane Crookshank, who brings versatility, and you, you hope you can get rid of, obviously, Nick Foles at this point, and when you just signed Trevor Simeon, uh, and these backups, so it'll be Justin Fields' game for sure, and and you're just trying to stockpile talent around him because the Bears, it's a scoring league. As, as defensive-minded as it is, and balance is certainly important, the Bears just couldn't put up points. They were bottom of the league last year, putting up barely like 18 points in game. Passing yards, they couldn't get it going. Rushing yards is fine. Again, you know, it goes back to the ever-changing offensive line. And David Montgomery being healthy, that's a big part of that. And then the defense, it certainly hasn't been the ball-hawking defense that we've known when the Bears are good in you know mid-2000s and, and 2010, something like that, when you had just so much talent on the defensive side of the football that it, it's different now. It's a different era, and I'm excited to see Ryan Poles. It starts and ends with him for sure what he brings to the table as a GM now. It's it's a big challenge, but you could also get a lot of credit. And, and man, if there's a – obviously we're homers here, but if there's a franchise that deserves a Super Bowl over all this suffering at this point, it's the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, this has been a loyal fan base. I mean, we – you know, we've never had a quarterback that we can really call a, a true franchise quarterback in our lifetimes. And we thought – you know, we thought Trubisky was going to be it. We thought Jay Cutler was going to be it. I can even go back to the – you know, the Cade McNown days and stuff like that. So, you know, the, we, we really hope that Justin Fields can transform into this superstar player that, you know, we we saw him kind of be at Ohio State that we, we know that the Bears were were, drought, were trading up to get. Um, it's going to be up to Ryan Poles to get the right pieces around him that fit, that also fit the timeline in terms of youth and stuff like that. It's going to be up to Getsy to uh, accentuate, accentuate uh, Justin's positives um, which is something that Matt Nagy was not able to do last year. Advanced analytics will tell you um, Justin Fields is really good at two things. He's really good off of play action. He's one of the most accurate passers in the league off of play action, and he's really good at the explosive plays, the plays downfield. Those are two things that Matt Nagy just, for whatever reason, failed to do as uh, a play caller and head coach of the Bears. So let's see you know, how it, how it kind of shakes out here. Um, I, you know, I'm not putting a wins or losses thing on the Bears this year. I quite frankly don't really care about that. It's all about can Justin Fields take that next step forward. And uh, as long as he does that and the Bears win five games, six games, that is fine with me. They got their first round pick back next year. They've got a ton of cap space. And this window can open up really quick for this football team. I I know a lot of people are, are impatient right now as we finish up the last day of March heading into April. Um, but you really have to see how the draft shakes out, and then you really have to hopefully see uh, Fields and the tutelage of, of Getze and, uh, and Eberflus as head coach really take a next step forward. Absolutely. It's been interesting with free agency already, sort of feel, feeling out who will replace the guys I mentioned on the defensive line, of course, when 
you look at, uh, you know, who, who's departed and replacing them with al Qadin Muhammad and Justin Jones and guys who aren't necessarily proven, but they are definitely going to be big role players going into this. And Crookshank, as I mentioned, they're signing fullbacks and then, you know, Bears uh, missed on Larry Ogunjobi. And, and that was interesting with Ryan Poles having having to tell him in, in the back of a car, I think he said that he, you know, failed the physical. And it's one of the toughest things to tell him when he was going to be a pretty big focal point of the defense going forward uh, to, to miss on guys like that. But he's swinging. And, and again, with the, with the Bills uh, offensive lineman who was also about to be signed, it was a, it was a tough situation there with Bates. Uh, that's who I'm thinking of, Ryan Bates. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough out there. But I think going back to the draft, Ross, it's exciting because in this, in this second round, now they finally get some picks because that Khalil Mack trade, mm-hmm. there, there was just nothing doing there. I mean, you, you were hoping that you would get some flyers in the later rounds, but it's, it's very important to have those first round picks or get some serious talent uh, for them. So again, the Khalil Mack, and, and like you said at the top of this podcast, Ross, you were in, you were in cap space hell because of what Ryan Pace, uh, the position he had put you in largely because of the Eddie Jackson contract because of Khalil Mack. And now you kind of shed that dead weight. Uh, and we can't forget shouts out to Allen Robinson who will, probably thrive uh, next to Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford, and they, they will try to run it back next year. But I, I, I'm excited for the draft. I think that, you know, this this will be a good way for us to see, you know, what the Ryan Poles era is like, and, and guys will be focal points for the foreseeable future. The Bears coming to this draft with six picks, and I think that, you know, the old MO underneath Ryan Pace was to trade up and, you know, kind of give picks away to try and take more swings. It didn't really work out that well, did it? The Anthony Millers of the world and, you know, the, the even, you know, Cole Komets, you know, James Daniels, stuff like that. Some of those higher picks that, that Ryan Pace really tried to go for, um, you know, whether he traded up or, or whatever to him to go get him, didn't really work out. We're hoping that Justin Fields does work out, but I expect Ryan Poles to have a different mentality and trade back. Uh, uh, and try and probably accumulate, you know, another pick or two and really try to add some depth on this roster. I think that's been his MO throughout all of free agency. He wants to add some versatility uh, to the roster. He likes players who are extremely athletic and who are explosive, um, who can play multiple positions. And I think that he wants to keep that going with the draft. I do think that the Bears are going to come away with a wide receiver very early in the second round. But I wouldn't be surprised if they take one of those second-round picks and trade back a couple to add in a third-round pick that they don't really have right now or in stockpiles of picks because you need you also need some bodies on this team. And the fact that you are in cap hell means that you really can't go out there and splurge in the free agent market. You really have to do it via the draft and, and undrafted free agents. You have to pick and choose what free agent bargains you're going to get You know, as the season gets closer and, and guys get a little bit more desperate to find a roster. But – you know, I, I, you know, he gets the benefit of the doubt from me right now until, you know, further notice. So I'm, I'm always in a wait and see approach on these things. He just got the job not too long ago. I can't, you know, really judge the man until we kind of see his process all the way through, at least through the draft, at least to the start of training camp for right now. Oh, no question about it, Ross. And and as we get into the, our live show and future podcasts, we'll be following the draft closely and what the Bears continue to do in free agency. And obviously, as the year progresses, we'll, it'll be training camp before you know it. We're excited to see 
where it all leads. And certainly, you know, we love to talk about all NFL on the Mac and Reed podcast and the live show. And the combine is, is also great. You know, you're looking at guys who are just going to be the faces of the NFL going forward. The next Aaron Donalds of the world, the next Matt Stafford's of the world are coming up very soon, and we'll be doing mock drafts, all of that. I think certainly, you know, as far as the NFL storylines go in the offseason, it was wild to see, first of all, Tom Brady just flip-flop like that and just say, okay, I, I think I need to come back. And then for these other teams, it was just wild to see the flurry of quarterbacks changing teams and big time names going to different places. I mean, most namedly, I think would be Russell Wilson going to Denver. First of all, ending that era with the Seahawks. Uh, It's just been so hard to track free agency as a result. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. What were that? Was that the biggest move to you, Ross, or were there some other ones out there? I, you know, to me, I think it was, after you get Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Packers, you think, you know, they're getting the band back together. They do this whole last dance bullshit last year, and you think they want to do a last, last dance, and then poof, Devontae Adams essentially says, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'd rather go see my old college buddy Derek Carr. And I think that, for me, was the biggest move, even bigger than, like, the Tyree Kill trade. I actually – that one kind of makes sense to me. Um, But Devontae Adams getting out of Green Bay and saying that he doesn't really want to sign their contract, he'd rather go to Vegas, I'd I'd rather go to Vegas too, Devontae. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that was the biggest biggest move to me. And all of a sudden, that AFC West, from a talent standpoint and from a competitive standpoint, is definitely the best division in football. Um, And it becomes musty TV week after week. And you have to wonder – you know, are do those have the best, you know, the top three teams in football right now? Or, you know, if you look at the Chargers, what they did on defense and adding Khalil Mack and other pieces. And, you know, we talked about the Raiders. They had a bunch of guys. They got Josh McDaniels there now as the head coach. Devontae Adams is there. Um, the Chiefs are always going to be Chiefs as long as uh, Pat Mahomes is there, right? Tyreek Hill or not. And then the Broncos, like you said, I mean, the Broncos had – a, a litany of weapons last year. There's nobody throwing the football. And now you give Russell Wilson a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback whose uh, you know time had you know really come to an end in, in, in Seattle. And uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. Even some other things around the league were were, uh, were really surprising as well. Matt Ryan is in Indianapolis right now. I mean, who saw yeah. that one coming? Right oh, man. after they after they bailed on Carson once after one year is just a, a lot of shocking things going on in the NFL. It, it's you know, it's definitely a an all year round sport. You have to kind of stay glued to your to your Twitter, you know, to your to your timeline throughout. But it makes the draft now all that more intriguing because there's you know how did all these pieces fit? You know, how do these teams that really don't have quarterbacks? What do they do? You know, I, I look at the Steelers, who yes, they got Mitchell Trubisky, but you know, is Mitchell Trubisky really your short term and long term answer, or are they going to try and address the quarterback position? Uh, fairly early as well. So there's going to be some some big, big storylines within the next 30, 45 days coming out. It's been nuts, though. I, I mean, certainly the Rams building, again, signing Allen Robinson. You knew that Allen Robinson was going to walk after this last year and just having zero chemistry with Justin Fields and go take his talents elsewhere, finally getting a great quarterback and a great franchise around him. But again, like you said, Ross, for I mean, Denver, Russell Wilson pairing up with Jerry Judy, guys like that, and then Tyreek Hill going to Miami. But now, I mean, sure, you give Green Bay, the Green Bay, you give Aaron Rodgers a ton of money 
to stay because it's Aaron Rodgers' world. We're all just living in it, and and he's the one who's calling the shots. He loses his number one target there. Is he the same guy a year older, and he's losing guys like, uh, you know, uh, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and another guys who aren't at the same level as uh, as Devontae Adams, but certainly it's tough for him to lose these, these guys. You you wonder, to him and Tom Brady are those quarterbacks who can certainly thrive whoever you put out there, you feel like, but at a certain point, you can't replace Devontae Adams like that, and good for him to go reunite with Derek Carr. AFC West is going to be so exciting to see four of the best quarterbacks out there, and Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Justin Herbert. And then the NFC West is still going to be exciting, too. I think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo staying around is is uh, certainly going to be important there. Uh, Seahawks, the, you know, they're going to be bottom of the league now, and they're going to wonder what life is like after the fact. And then Atlanta, the, those teams that lose the vets, it, that's super important. And, and Bucks stave that off for one more year as we got the news that Bruce Arians was stepping down. Todd Bowles got the promotion again. The GM, Tom Brady, the quarterback, Tom Brady, the president, Tom Brady, making all the moves for you. But in the NFC North, I think, you know, looking down the line, you're just really, if you're the Bears or the Vikings or Lions, you're still waiting for Aaron Rodgers to retire here. And then maybe you'll start building some success going forward. But, I mean, there's still a lot to be seen. There's still a lot of free agents out there in the NFL that you're you're wondering – where they're going to go. I mean, it's yeah. still uh, it's still anyone's guess, you, you know, with guys who, um, Teron Armstead. Odell Beckham Jr. still out there coming OBJ. off the 20th yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's right. a lot of big names out there. And we saw Bobby Wagner uh, get a contract today with the Rams, of course, who just seem to be playing with Monopoly money every single year. I don't know how the hell they're able to get all of these guys every season. Yeah. But, you know, even some, some other teams are just under the radar, like, you no, know, he looks at we. We haven't even talked about Deshaun Watson yet. I mean, we that's not. that's Browns. another wild move oh, right boy. there, just on and off the field. You know, like we don't even know what's going to happen with that guy from a suspension standpoint. Sure, if he does get one, but you know, another team to me is like nobody's talking about the Ravens and like what happens with Lamar Jackson, who is uh, poised to get another contract soon. Here, he doesn't even have an agent, and uh, you know, the Ravens don't really seem like they're in a rush to pay him, and that's just a whole interesting, intriguing situation there. So. A uh, ton of storylines, as there are every single year in the NFL. I mean, you know, even like the co- team like the Commanders are, could be a sneaky team if, if Carson Wentz can get his head out of his butt. Um, still, you know, the Super Bowl contender is at the top. In the NFC, to me, it's still the Rams. It's still the Bucks, And in the AFC, you know, another team we haven't talked about yet because they haven't done anything because they didn't have to, but the Buffalo Bills still to me. Josh Allen sure. is probably the most important player in the NFL for me right now just because I think he's the best. I think when that guy is on, there aren't too many teams that can beat him. Um, I, I know he lost last year on a very fluky situation in Kansas City, but I, I my money is on that guy to really take an even bigger step this year and uh, and really control that division that, that – I don't know. It's a little shaky to me. The Patriots, I don't really trust Mac Jones that much. Um, you know, I know Tyreek Hill there is now in, in Miami, but can Tua even get him the football? I really like uh, I really like Josh Allen a lot in the Bills to, to probably go to the Super Bowl. I know we're doing way, way, way too early Super Bowl picks, but, you know, those are the cream, those are the cream of the crop for me. And, you know, we'll see who can survive the gauntlet that is the AFC West. Sure. Still a lot of uh, free agency to be seen here, and the draft can certainly change things. Miami, like you mentioned, it, it's kind of trying to model what Tua had in college. He had such a, a great 
just ridiculous depth of talent yeah. at Alabama. When you put Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle out there, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Like the top is still staying at the top there. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with with Baker Mayfield at this point and, and getting out of uh, Cleveland. Obviously, Deshaun Watson will be the starter. But again, with the suspension looming, I know a lot of people were hating on that for sure. And you brought up a good point, Ross. The the Washington football team changed their name to the Commanders. The Commanders. <laughs> it's one of the. <laughs> I wonder what that mascot's going to look like. I don't know. Very, I, I don't know. But calling calling a team from Washington commies is, is just a that's, that's tough, <laughs> tough team, man. <laughs> it is. I didn't think that one through. Oh boy. So Ross, final four. We got Duke yeah. in North Carolina. Got Villanova in Kansas. Who'd have thought that four True probably probably yeah the four best recruited and, and best teams winning this teams in college basketball would be in this position. But it's all going down this weekend, and and you know Coach K's last ride, and and you love what you're seeing from these other teams. I know that Nova is is kind of limped in, but you're seeing Bill Self. He's here almost every year. It feels like, and recruiting's just on point. They've been some exciting games, and obviously now you filter out all the Cinderellas at this point. We knew that Gonzaga's days were numbered, type of thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Duke has made such an impressive run when, you know, they were a two-seed for good reason. Villanova, you know, outlasting Houston to, to send them to the Final Four. And, and Kansas, I mean, I mean you looked, it looked like a close game here in Chicago when they were really going head-to-head with Miami in a close one. And then, you know, St. Peter's run was going to end at some point. But North Carolina and Duke, it's, uh, it's the matchup you kind of dream of in, in my eyes. I think that that's... Really, you know, looking at the winningest programs in, in college basketball, you look at Hubert Davis for North Carolina, and he's been such a, a nice breath of fresh air since Roy Williams has left in, in a very brief time, might I add, too. Just a quick turnaround. It just speaks to how these two these two teams, they feel like franchises to me, where they continue to thrive uh, regardless of, of coaching. I know it'll be hard to replace Krzyzewski when he's gone uh but yeah Hubert Davis and Krzyzewski will be much must see TV I get you know you're going to Vegas Ross you're going to bet on the game this weekend I just want to know who you see in the championship going into Monday uh, well if, you, if you're getting my my early picks I like Kansas and I like Duke uh both to cover um I I just like the talent levels of both of these teams um you know especially Duke I think Duke is the most talented team left. I think they're riding really high right now in the Coach K situation. I think you get Bill up and, and, and Coach K um, in the finals on Monday night. You know, my my semi, you know, maybe controversial hot take or anything like that, um, you know, I, lo- I know people love the Cinderella story and stuff like that this year. But, you know, for, I love Shaheen Holloway and what he did at St. Peter's. And congrats to him. i going back to his alma mater now. He's going to coach Seton Hall. But – I don't need to see St. Peter's in the final four. I don't need to see a, a, a team that is not as talented as Duke get dumped by, you know, 25 points on the big stage in New Orleans uh, on, on Saturday night. You know, I wanted to see a team that was going to give them a more competitive battle. And I think North Carolina is that it's a, it's a rivalry. It's how you would want to send coach K out, whether he wins or loses this basketball game. And I love it. I, I, you know, I, what I don't understand is, and I think this is my hot take, is I don't understand how people are in such a rush to get rid of greatness. 
And whether it is a guy like Tom Brady that we talked about earlier, and people are like, I can't wait for Tom Brady to leave and stuff like that, or if it's LeBron James who you know might have a couple years left in him, um, or if it's Coach K right now, I feel like that we as sports fans should appreciate greatness in the moment because I promise you, you will never again in your lifetime see another guy like Coach K and what he's been able to do in college basketball and for the sport of college basketball. I mean, his last home game at Duke, he had something of 30 to 40 guys who have been underneath his tenure at Duke who all played in the NBA. That's just an insane amount of guys. Um, so I, I, I appreciate it. I will be watching it with uh, with bated breath, the, you know, the whole time, like I do when greatness is is at the end and, and getting ready to walk out the door. And that, that's kind of my hot take. I, I never am a fan of people who are in such a rush to get rid of greatness, especially in the hindsight of a guy like, uh, you know, I don't know, like Kobe Bryant or something like that, who we lost at such a young age after he retired. And you really wish that he was still around for us to kind of talk about him and, and, and revel in his greatness when, when he's still alive. So appreciate greatness, appreciate what Coach K has given to us over the years and what he's going to uh, provide for us this weekend, that team. Uh, Paolo Banchero is a top three pick in the NBA. He is really fun to watch. Check him out, and I hope that we get a really great uh, classic Duke-Carolina uh, game in the mold of those old-school Dean Smith versus Coach K matchups. As it should be. It's like you said, the, the heavyweights here and – Mike Krzyzewski has nothing left as far as what he has to prove in his career. Coaching the USA teams and, and basketball for the Olympics, super impressive on his resume as well. But yeah, like you said, just countless NBA players who just love him um, from J.J. Redick to Christian Leitner, you know, those days. Like, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, going on the flip side with Villanova, Kansas – you think that it's got to be one of those years for Kansas, the number one seed. I think a lot of people thought it was Gonzaga's year again, you know, at least getting them to the championship and then losing, having one of the better records going into this game. But I, I don't sleep on Villanova. Something about them now, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, yeah. and they're also going to be four and zero against the spread. If you're liking the, the betting side of things in the NCAA tournament so far. So think mm -hmm. about that. It, it, it could be a slugfest. I know they're, they're kind of limping in, but, it, you know, all signs point to it being one of those Kansas-Duke national championships, and it would be a great send-off, too. I mean, I, I don't normally root for a Duke or a North Carolina, but something about Mike Krzyzewski's run, it'd just be incredible, and he's been so pivotal. He's been such a big figure for college basketball. So, so such an impressive run to make it this far, let alone going on to win a national championship. It's the perfect send-off, right? Absolutely. Chicago area guy, Mike Krzyzewski, Polish great, right? He, I mean, he goes in the, the all-time Polish guy Hall of Fame. So, um, you know, regardless, like I said, I'm going to be excited about it. I'm going to be excited to watch both games. I hope they're both very competitive. I hope they're both entertaining. It's been a fun tournament. Um, it's been great to see uh, the tournament be normal again this year. You know, this is kind of our first normal tournament, like, I won't say post-COVID because we're still dealing with COVID, but in the last couple of years, right, we didn't really get really uh, normal tournaments in terms of crowds and games and stuff like that. So it's yeah. been a lot of fun to see a lot of the upsets. And, uh, and at the end, I think we got the best four teams. And that's all you can ask for when you have, uh, whether it's a Final Four or any kind of big sporting event as you get close to the end. Oh, absolutely. I, I want to know on our inaugural show, reminder, April 6th, 2022, very soon here, 
who else is in the Polish Hall of Fame for Ross besides Mike Krzyzewski? Because because the list is is probably uh, it's probably great. I, I'm excited. You'll do your homework Absolutely. in the meantime. I'll, and, do I'll be back. Uh, you'll be back for sure. NBA playoffs are around the corner here. The season's winding yep. down. Talking about, yeah, the last time we broadcast, it was the bubble. Th- thinking about how things have changed so much mm-hmm. just across mm-hmm. the sports landscape here. Uh, the NBA bubble and, and LeBron making his run in the heat at that time. And now, look at the Bulls. They're back uh, in mm-hmm. some ways. You know, they, they're they're 0-15 against the top teams in the NBA, but they beat beat the teams that you expect them to beat, more or less. You know, there, there's a simple question for me, Ross, and and I pose it to myself every time I see the Bulls compete in the East, in the West, regardless, and, and you see them get blown out by the Suns or lose a close one to the Bucks. It's can they compete for a conference title, let alone a spot in the NBA Finals? And the short answer is no for me, just because of the inconsistency so far it seems like there's some sort of curse or something where the bulls just can't be fully healthy whether it be lonzo ball whether it just be getting patrick williams back zach levine thankfully being healthy now guys missing extended time alex caruso coming back the bench is certainly pivotal but that starting unit it's going to be so important to have they talk about the big three of demar Derozan, vucevic and you know, looking at Lonzo Ball distributing between him and the third part of the big three and Zach Levine. Lonzo Ball is, is such an important part of it. You can hit on the Ball family all that you want, but LaMelo and Lonzo are out there just crushing it. And the Bulls are, are, are turning that corner. Now they've changed the perspective where it was not a highly sought destination for free agents and DeMar DeRozan. And of course, when you get a guy like DeMar DeRozan who kind of wasted away on the Spurs and and he left right before the Raptors were able to get a title. But you see, man, he's as clutch as as Zach Levine or any of these guys out here who you want the ball, like Steph Curry, you want the ball in his hands and he'll hit a mid-range jumper uh, to send the game to the final box score for sure. And I I think it's been... A good season for the Bulls overall. They could be four or five seed the way you look at it. But I don't see it. I don't see them maybe even making it past the first round if you draw a pretty red hot Celtics team right now or the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. It, listen, it's been a fun year. It's been fun to see this resurgence because this franchise feels like it's been in hell for the last couple of years. Shout out to AK, uh, you know, Arturis kind of showed obviously. For, for being able to retool this roster. I mean, it comes down to two things for me with this current Bulls team. Number one, you hit it on the head. They have not been able to stay on the floor as a complete team all season, and that counts. And I know they're trying to ramp up Lonzo Ball now to get him ready for the playoffs, but still, you know, that core group really hasn't had too many games underneath their belt. It's going to be a, a tall task to ask for them to go into the playoffs and, and really play for the first time together in a couple of months. It's going to be very difficult. And then the second thing is, and as you get this part to this part of the season heading into the playoffs, you realize having a top 10 and top five player on your team really, really matters. So when you look around the league and you look at who the best teams are in the league, you say, oh, there's Milwaukee. Boom. They got Giannis on the Kumpo. And look what he did last year in the playoffs and in the NBA finals to will that Milwaukee team to a win, right? 
You look at Joel Embiid, he's having an NBA season. You know, they're sitting up there on top of, of, the, of the East right now. You know, Miami is kind of an outlier, but you see they're kind of struggling. But you look at Jason Tatum in Boston, and Jason Tatum's been on fire, and that's the reason why they've been able to kind of leapfrog a bunch of teams and get up there in the West. I think Phoenix is the best team in the entire NBA. Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul, those guys are amazing. Those guys are going to be all NBA team players, right? So, you know, even Steph Curry, when he's out there, when he's healthy, has, has had a great season for the Warriors. And I think that's what the Bulls are lacking is for as great as DeMar DeRozan has been, it's been an amazing uh, free agent uh, signing for the Bulls. It's amazing for the culture of the team and for guys like Ayo Dasumu and, and developing and stuff like that. But, you know, he, he is limited in what he can do. And same thing with Zach. I think Zach has a lot of room to grow. Hopefully Zach can get there because uh, his age is on his side as opposed to DeMar. But the Bulls are still lacking that top 10 player uh, to when those games do get tight at the end of the game. Who's, who can you truly, truly, truly count on to get a bucket? Or who's going to, like, pick up the team and just put them on their back for five to seven games when they're struggling? So, you know, I, you know, we'll see what they do in the playoffs. I think they'll probably play a team like Boston or something like that. They might be able to, to inch out a, a round one victory. Um, but, you know, I, I, it probably feels like they'll probably lose a, a gut-wrenching series in, in the first round. And then they can go in the offseason and they can see if they can retool this roster a little bit. I, I'm not a huge fan of Vooch, even though I know he was necessary to – kind of kickstart this whole rebirth, re-renaissance thing. But you know, I, I think maybe his time has probably come in Chicago and they might look to move him and, and add another piece that fits uh, what DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are trying to do. Yeah, the Bulls need some consistency in that starting lineup. You, you look across the league, it is important for most of the league. You look at Brooklyn able to obviously get by when Kevin Durant is – is the guy, and they'll be a very dangerous eight seed if they continue this on. And Kyrie now cleared uh, of COVID protocols and can finally play in his, his home stadium in Brooklyn. But the Bulls, you know, it, it's like I said before, I just don't see it at this point. I think that they have two great guards there, like such a good backcourt in Zach Levine and DeRozan. And then Lonzo, as soon as he's ready to go, they could they could surprise some people. And if they play the Celtics, that could be a great series. It could be very good. And then the same could be said. Milwaukee's looking like they might clinch that that second seed. And Miami suddenly making this big push to be the number one seed in the East. It'll be exciting. And looking at the whole scope of the NBA, like you talked about, you talk about injuries. John Morant wasn't playing, and Memphis hasn't skipped a beat, winning six in yeah. a row. And, and the Suns have had various guys like Chris Paul going out, but... Man, they look like they're on a mission. It it definitely looks like it could easily be a Suns Bucks finals again. Like I said, you could see Brooklyn making a run now that Kyrie's cleared. Uh, even without Ben Simmons, you know, with that giant trade that happened, two teams I love from the West and the East are, are Memphis and Boston. The Grizzlies have been so impressive, even when John, John Morant isn't uh, in the lineup. You look at across that lineup with Desmond Bain and, and others, all these young guys who it's all unselfish basketball. They can all shoot the three or just get points. And that's what matters is outscoring the other team, obviously, uh, to quote John Madden. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Celtics, it, it comes back to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and how far those two can ter- carry the squad. But they've been winning a ton recently, blowing teams out. It's, uh, it's going to be exciting. It's like you said, too. It's not the bubble basketball anymore. There's, there's to be considered is 
the presence of these crowds and, you know, the length. It's a longer season, so that wears on these guys. But the teams that are at the top now have been there before. Don't forget the 76ers, too, Ross. I know you love the, yeah. the combo of Joel Embiid and James Harden. Uh, it's outstanding. Mm-hmm. And the Mavericks, who have been sneaking into that that category of the tops of the league with the Warriors and the Suns. Uh, but Mavericks are right there with a guy like Luka Doncic, and now he's got a pretty good team around him. So it's exciting to see, and we'll be following it, as you know, going forward yep. into the the months ahead. It'll be uh, it'll be tipping off this April. Yeah, I think what the, what's most exciting about the NBA right now, I was talking about this with somebody earlier, is you have to feel great about where the talent of the league is right now. I think the talent of the league is probably the best from top to bottom. It's been in the last 20 years. I mean, you look at teams out there, who are, you know, like you said, you look at a team like Brooklyn, who's going to be an eighth seed right now. And I, granted, they've had some injuries and they've got some, some, you know, Kyrie stuff not playing. But a team that has Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as an eighth seed is just absolutely nuts. You would have never seen that, you know, you know years ago. Uh, the Lakers right now are struggling to, to make even the playoff, the play-in game. And, yes, they've had a bunch of injuries and stuff like that. But it just speaks to the overall talent of the league. Teams like Utah are, are with, you know, um, with Donovan Mitchell are, are kind of low seeds. Uh, help Jokic is having another MVP type season and uh, you know, he might be in the play in game himself. So, you know, it's just been an awesome season from a talent standpoint. I think Adam Silver and the league has to be really, has to feel really good about uh, where things are going forward. And uh, I'm excited to see the playoffs. So, you know, bulls are, are, are whether the bulls advance or not, it's just going to be a lot of fun to get this basketball going into the summer, you know, just to have those nice hot summer nights, and see, like, you know, a Giannis go against a, a Jason Tatum on a Thursday or Friday night is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yes, sir. Can't wait. It's completely, you know, the masks are off now, and it feels like some sense of normalcy as, as we continue on to the NBA playoffs. And, I, I yeah, I also can't wait. I, I certainly think that it could be it could be very wide open. It could be those favorites I mentioned, or you know they'll make a run. As far as the Chicago standpoint, the Bulls being back in the playoffs that's huge. When you just turn around and and you have a brand new GM, you have new coaching in Billy Donovan, and he they've him and Arturis Karnasovas they have their their guys and the rest of the front office and coaching staff, and and they've built some success, and and hopefully it's you know the most recent semblance of a success that we saw we it was like that that big three of rondo and and dwayne waited jimmy butler but even before that you think of the derrick rose and joakim noah teams and and so hopefully this is a a new look bulls uh you know i wouldn't say dynasty obviously because they ain't won anything yet but it's uh it's super exciting super exciting and and we're running out of time against the clock but again we're going to be doing our live show april 6th coming on the the barroom network and i will keep ross's wife's name out of my mouth trust me and <laughs> keep my wife's name <laughs> <outro>. <laughs> will smith i don't know what you're doing man i don't know if you were off your meds that was a lot you know chris rock's a comedian right you know it's 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 a double-edged sword listen i am a firm believer also when you're a comedian you listen not everybody is is in line with with the joke, and uh, sometimes you might get slapped. Was the so, slap real or fake? Oh, that was very real. It I, was the real. Way, the way Chris Rock kind of stumbled and fumbled through his words after that, that he was not expecting that slap. Um, I have to say, um, Will's form was, was amazing. 
the the training that he had in Ali paid off. He was square <laughs> on his feet. He was light as a feather, and uh, he he had great follow through. And I'm actually surprised, you know, Chris Rock, uh, Iron Jaw man, he took that like a champ right there. Good, uh, good for, for sure. him. So for a guy who's you know, fought, good. he's fought aliens, he's fought zombies, yeah. He, yeah. he's fought man. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, did take it in stride. I, I I don't know if certainly you know you think of the Illuminati just drawing this up and and needing something. It overshadowed everything, and of course all the the spin of Will Smith getting kicked out of the Oscars and refusing to leave, and then him winning Best Actor. Like the turnaround from that is just so incredible too. So you, awesome. we we will be talking about it for a while. And Chris Rock, of course, selling out his shows. So so both kind of win at this point, and both. you know we'll, I I anticipate. The same time next year, Oscars 2023, uh, both will be on that stage again, and this will be a bit, and they will have uh, kissed and made up. They might even do a movie together. Um, so I, I think this will – listen, when you're, when you're that rich and famous and stuff like that, you can, you can iron this stuff out pretty quickly. So I, I think everybody with their think pieces this week, you guys, it, it's going to be all for nothing. These guys will get that all worked out. They'll have somebody like Denzel or Diddy to uh, mediate the whole thing, and it'll be water under the bridge. Um, in the meantime, shout out to Coda. I, I watched that movie last Friday coming back on the airplane from California. I almost teared up on the plane. That's how, how moved there was from it. On an and, airplane. Uh, yes. Well-deserved. <laughs> Well-deserved best picture win for that movie. It's an outstanding movie. Uh, I don't get paid from apple so i don't have to plug them too much <laughs> but check out coda if you haven't watched it it is a great movie i'm i'm at the point where you know like you mentioned ross i i have a, a young baby three month old yeah. and i'm every minute on the heartstrings when you're a father man oh yeah for sure well that that's what i heard about coda and then i'm just going through all of them at this point licorice pizza i'm going through nightmare alley i gotta watch dune yeah. i gotta gotta watch almost three hours of dune uh, I say it like it's a chore, but it almost is. I don't know. We're excited to Dune, continue yeah. to go Dune ahead. Was awesome. yeah. Dune, Dune, I, Dune I heard again. Awesome. <laughs> Dune, Dune was awesome, visually uh, appealing for sure. We're excited to bring you guys so much more going forward. We'll be talking about it all, uh, basketball coming up, playoffs. Uh, we'll be recapping the Final Four. Again, April 6th, that live show coming up soon. Talking about Bears, talking about Bulls. We'll keep it Chicago-centric, but we'll also be talking about everything in between. We are, again, thrilled to be part of the Barroom Network. And follow me at the Real Evan Mac on Twitter. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Live shows Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, April 6th is that premiere show. And you can check everything out on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and YouTube. Thanks to Lurk our supporters. The- Thanks to Ross over here. And cheers in you, my man. Had a Manhattan in your yeah, honor. We're back. I was going to say, in honor of the bar room, I am a Coors Light guy. Evan knows that. I there love a Maker's Mark Neat. Yeah. Evan, real quick, what are you? The one-two punch. I Yeah, I, I love the one-two punch. of a, I, I, We love our, our light beer, of course. I love a Miller Light yeah. and a Maker's Neat. But tonight I had a Michter's Old Fashioned because it was, it was worth Ooh. celebrating, my friend. Absolutely. You know it. I love it. We're so saying, we can't wait to celebrate everybody else as well. Yes, exactly. We, we toast you guys. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to interacting with the fan base and, and everybody else and, and making new fans and, and reconnecting with old friends and having some great shows to continue on and, and continuing to get some semblance of normalcy here into 2022. And we'll talk to you all soon. See you April 6th. <laughs>